The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, as you know, the clocks went back this morning and it is the beginning of winter. But tomorrow marks Samhain or Halloween, the most Celtic of evenings, full of spooky stories and dressed up kids and just a bit of scariness. Lorraine O'Dwyer spoke to us last year. Um, she is from Gallivanting Tours in North Wexford. She is also a storyteller and she has so many stories that are connected to sound. And she joins me on this very special bank holiday for her. Would, would Halloween be your favourite time of year, Lorraine? Hi, Orla. Hi, yes, Lorraine. you know it is. <laughs> you know Always, it is. <laughs> even when you were a kid, did you enjoy it? Oh, Absolutely. Well, I mean, like as well as being a storyteller, I am a pagan. I am a witch. So, um, so yeah, this is my holiday. I get most of my household decor in at this time okay. of the year. You know, <laughs> <laughs> okay, and great tea towels and things like that. <laughs> and not to have the most throwaway of questions, but have you always been a pagan? How did you become a pagan? I was born a pagan. We're all pagans, oh, well, really. I yes. mean, we all love the earth, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but no, I, I, I discovered witchcraft very very early and um, and I think for most people you're born a witch you're a little bit odd okay you you know you have you have more of a connection maybe to to nature and the seasons than the average person or you know there's there's different types of uh, of witches out there but I think most most of us would say that you're born it do you know for the first um, few years of my child's life she dressed up as a witch for Halloween. But what a child's <laughs> idea of what a witch is and what a witch actually is, is just vastly different, isn't it? Vastly different. We're, mm. we're, we, I could go into a long owl rant about the patriarchy turning the the, the K-lock mm-hmm. into uh, into a, the wicked witch of the Halloween. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, most witches. We're, we're good. We're nice. We're very kind. Most of us. And most <laughs> witches, like as you said, it is about the earth and what you can take from the earth. Would I be right in saying that? Yeah, well, the word pagan it comes from the Latin. It means it simply means country dweller. So it's somebody who worships the earth. And I worship the earth. I, I, I our indigenous belief here is that the island is a goddess herself. And oh, that's um, lovely. And isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And in the springtime, she's a beautiful young girl. During the summer, when, when she's our, our mother, providing us with all the food. And now at this time of the year, she's turning into the grandmother. Okay. Um, a bit of a, a crooked grandmother if the weather is anything to go by, Lorraine. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to remember Halloween Samhain is 5,000 years old. So mm. so for our ancestors, even just 500, never mind 5,000, 500 years ago, coming into the winter was a time when you you might not necessarily survive it. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so the idea is that this grandmother, she's very wise, but harsh. And she tells us that if we haven't got our firewood in, if we haven't got our elderberry syrup made, if we haven't got our, our everything prepped for the winter, we may not survive it. So, oh. um, so yeah, so we have to be. And this, of course, traditionally is also known as a thin time. Okay. So the, the, the veil between the land of the living, the land of the dead and the land of the gods is at its thinnest. So this is a time when, you know, you might be able to talk to your like great, great, great grandparents. Okay. You, know, you know what, Niall so. on Beat Breakfast was explaining this veil during the week and I had never yes. heard this before. 
Yeah. So it, and, and it wasn't just at Halloween. It's at, at, at Bieltana as well. Okay. So two, two points on the wheel of the Celtic Wheel of the Year where though it gets thinner so you can talk. And that's why even even if you go through old Irish folklore, even on the Maybank holiday weekend, you had to be careful that, you know, the, the spirits wouldn't get you as well. So uh, but when our ancestors went off to America, it merged with the Dia de la Muerte, the, the, the Spanish traditions and the Mexican traditions. And um, and Halloween became a thing then. Okay. So right. it's kind of what we celebrate today is a kind of a blend of the old Irish and some newer stuff as well. Newer influences, too. And how do you feel about the trick or treaters and, you know, the dressing up as various things? I, I, I know one of my friend's children is just dressing up as a, a normal person she knows, for example. <laughs> <laughs> I I. I think it's fantastic. I love it. What I don't like is the um because for our ancestors, as I said, this was an agricultural festival, and this was the final harvest of the year, the fruits, nuts, and berries. So for our ancestors, this was a very serious time. That you know, you because we all experience lockdowns. We all know what they were like now, and they're awful. Um, but for our ancestors, the the, the winter was essentially a lockdown every year because it was too dangerous to travel through the the woods with wolves and. Bandits and all the rest, so they wouldn't go anywhere during the winter months. So this was the last opportunity to see anybody outside of your family before okay. you went into lockdown. And that whole aspect of the the grandmother goddess and all of our all of our um, traditions, like like the ring in the barn brack, for example, they all have their roots in us asking the this the, the the goddess would we survive the winter you know give us a hint of what next year next year is going to be like and it's and it's kind of a celebration of all the food that we have available to us and, and to enjoy and i kind of it's kind i love that we still have we still honor it and we still celebrate it i think that's brilliant it's one of the oldest festivals in the whole world so that's fantastic mm-hmm. but what makes me sad is that this was a festival about essentially a postmenopausal goddess mm-hmm. and a crone and it's now kind of like a celebration of like you know the sexy pizza costume or yeah. you know <laughs> i like a lot of things so, isn't it you know they all have roots somewhere and then it just gets more and yeah. more diluted as time goes on unfortunately yeah there's an an awful lot of plastic rubbish and all the rest and like really you know particularly here in the southeast of Ireland we have such a strong uh, food community we've mm-hmm. so many lovely artisan producers and we grow so much wonderful stuff so really what we should be doing is celebrating our local food producers and celebrating the older women in our families that's that's you know that would be a lovely thing to start seeing yeah, happening be gorgeous now mm. when we think about Halloween and what you were saying about the veil to the spirit world are, do you think some people are susceptible to you know speaking to you know feeling other worlds or is it everyone could well, I remember once being told that, um, you know, our third eye, for want of a better word, our third eye, mm-hmm. um, or what um, everybody has it. And it's a bit like, a, you know, a, a, a muscle. Some people, you know, some people it's stronger than others. So it's a bit like being um, being able to draw. Some people can just draw a stick man where somebody some people can draw amazing things. But with a little bit of practice, that stick man person drawing can develop into something better. It might not be a great master, but everybody has the ability. And, you know, and and I have encountered quite a lot of people over the years that did not believe in anything at all that, you know, once we died, that was it. That was the end of it. Um, But then they had experiences that changed their minds. So, um, and, you know, I think... uh, I think I think everybody is capable of seeing something strange and certainly 
you know, around this time of the year, it is a time for for strange things. And have you seen anything strange? Oh, I've seen many strange things, Orla. <laughs> on the Court Town Road um, at half twelve at on night. On the Court Town Road, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that was me, Lorraine. No, I, <laughs> I think um I think one of the one of my one of my like I've had I've had I've had situations where I've arrived at a at a house and myself and another person coming to to do a spirit clearance and both of our cars, the batteries just drained instantly at the oh, same wow. time, about five hundred meters from the house. Okay. And stuff. But I think spirit didn't want you my there. Favorite, no, the spirit did not want us there. But I okay. think my favorite has to be up near near where you are, actually, Orla. Okay. Where is that? <laughs> there's there's oh, spirits around Tara Hill and oh, right. just outside Gory. Um yeah, I uh I this is a few years ago now, but um a friend of mine was doing some training, uh, shamanic training, and she needed to go to speak to the land, which basically means her sitting and drumming with a, a bower on and going into a bit of a trance. So I went up there with her just to sit nearby, just in case somebody walking the dogs encountered the strange woman drumming in the woods. Hmm. And um, I, I sat down and closed my eyes because it was a beautiful autumn day. Uh, it's around 11 o'clock in the morning. And um, instantly I get I start getting all these visions being thrown at me. And um, there's a man, he's bending over looking at me. He's very angry. And uh, he just starts kind of snarling, get off my land. This is my land. And um, the visions then changed and I saw him standing on a wall arguing with some people on horseback and they were, you know, in, in clothes from from about 200 years ago or thereabouts. And um, he picks up a stone off the wall and he goes to throw it at the people oh, on the horseback okay. and he slips and falls and cracks the back of his head and then the vision changed changed again and this awful smell came in this awful smell of rotting vegetation and I his his voice going around and around my head oh, my land this is my land get off my land so I opened my eyes and um, looked over at my friend and she was staring back at me with this frightened look on her face and she said we need to leave now and I said yes we do so the pair of us got up and as we were gathering our bits sticks nearly like logs started coming out of the trees being thrown at us from all different angles and they missed us but missed us by like million inches like wow. just just like and, and we ran down into the car the two of us had the worst stomach ache and um we were freezing cold and just felt awful and we 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 went to a local hotel to kind of you know get a bowl of soup to mm. kind of you know and a cup of tea or whatever to kind of whoa what was that and she had gotten deeper than i had and essentially it was a man who was being evicted off the land and he was so adamant that he it was wrong that he was being evicted off the land that his spirit was still up there wow, and so um, he was very of. very angry wow and as far as i know he's still up there today um and this was during and the I've day or at night time? Mm. This yeah. was during the day at 11 o'clock in the morning. Wow. Okay. Um, and, and are you I've scared people... in those moments? Because, you know, part of me would be like, that's the last time I go up Tara Hill. But at the... <laughs> that's never happened <laughs> to me, by really. the way. You're not scared. Okay, yeah. that's good to hear. <laughs> not really. No, I mean, it isn't It isn't pleasant. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, like, like I often say to people that, you know, oh God, no ghosts, I'd be terrified of them. The vast majority of spirits on the other side are just like us today. I mean, you have ghost children, you have ghost grannies, you have ghost mammies and daddies you know like they're they're just like us they just happen to be dead okay um and there's a the reason why they haven't moved on somewhere 
There's a reason. Yeah. So, okay. There's a reason. Yeah. It, it could be. It could be that, you know, like like we we're we're a lot less religious these days. Mm. But uh, you know, it maybe if you had died stealing something, you're so afraid that you're going to go to hell and damnation that you would rather stay on this 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 plane for 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 the foreseeable, rather than risk you know. Yeah. the worst possible thing that you could could possibly happen well, to you that's that afraid. an interesting way to put it yeah I get it well mm. look I could mm. talk to you about Halloween and sound and all your experiences all day but let's give people your <laughs> website if they want to chat to you in person or go out on one of your tours because you do so many things Lorraine um, you teach people foraging you're a storyteller um, you have so much going yes. on as you said you'll do spirit cleanses let's tell people your website it is gallivanting.ie is where you'll find out more about Lorraine have you anything coming up Lorraine that people can head to um well, um, well, actually, to be honest, Orla, at this time of the year now, when it when Samhain hits, I go into hibernation. You're in hibernation. Like the goddess herself. Okay. Well, yeah, you enjoy I'll that. I'll be returning. I'll be returning it in bulk uh, as a beautiful spring oh, goddess. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. <laughs> we will watch out for you. Of course, you're on Instagram as well. If you want to check out Lorraine, it's Galavantum as well. Yeah. Okay. Do follow me on Instagram because uh, there's loads of stories and stuff going up on Instagram over the next few months oh, while lovely. I'm sitting quietly by the fire. Fabulous. Well, <laughs> loads to talk about today. Thanks a million for giving us all your expertise. Um, Lorraine is at gallivanting.ie on Instagram if you check, want to check out some of those stories. Lorraine, thanks a million and happy sound. Happy sound. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. It is the Sunday Grill on this Halloween weekend. I hope you're having a good one so far and that you're going to have tomorrow off like a lot of us on the bank holiday. And my next guest this morning has a big task ahead of her this weekend. Ali O'Leary is a baker and the woman behind Wexford's business, Oh My Goodness, where she makes snacks with no refined sugar. So Ali's here to give us a hand to help make tomorrow less sugary. I said less. We can't perform miracles, of course, when it comes to trick treating and to tell us why she decided to set up oh my goodness you're very welcome Ali hi Ola how are you getting on are you baking away at the moment oh yes I'm always baking (laughs) always baking tell us about oh my goodness and how the business started for you um okay so um, I'm obviously English I moved over here um in 2013 um, and then I had my two children and it was when I was pregnant with my son, Casey, I started researching. Um, I was obviously going to be the perfect parent, um, as I'm sure that most people are. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he was born in, in 2015 on New Year's Day and I kept researching um, the amount of sugar that was in foods, like the amount of added sugar in foods. Because okay. even though a lot of foods are marketed towards kids, they're so full of sugar um, and even the ones that say no added sugar have added artificial sweeteners instead. So um, I started baking when Katie turned six months um, and he started weaning. And I was looking at recipes online and baking them for Casey. And his reaction was brilliant. Um, I found it so handy to have ready-made snacks in the freezer that I could grab to take out with us for the day. Especially when we were going shopping. You know, it's really difficult to go shopping when you've got young kids with mm-hmm. you. Um, so I'd be doing my shopping and he'd be in his buggy stuffing his face with a bag of baked snacks, which was fine because, you know, they didn't have any refined sugar in them. So I was happy with that. Um, and then Tegan came along in 2017 and I continued baking for her. And she started play school in 2020. And I've been thinking about going back to work for a while and the idea just came to me. It just hit me that actually what I was doing for the kids could actually turn into a business. Um, I knew there was a market out there for 
uh, people like me who would rather eat foods without all the unnecessary added sugar mm-hmm. and would prefer their families did too. Um, so that's how, oh my goodness, Wexford was born. And when you say without the added sugar, are you having to replace something for the sugar that's sweet every time? Yeah, so I try and um, use natural sugars as much as I can. So I um, would use fruits or I'd use cinnamon. I'd use different flavours, really. It doesn't have to be actually um, added uh, any natural sugars. It's just added flavours, you know. So I do use maple syrup in some of my bakes. Um, But I also um, use coconut. I use cinnamon. I use fruits. I use sweet potato, which is a great one. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's so many things that you can add um, to bakes without having to add that unnecessary refined sugar mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and what's the reaction been like it's been brilliant um i started out small at first just selling locally and then when it took off i expanded and i now deliver throughout ireland um i actually i thought my target audience would be parents buying for their kids but actually i've had so many adults buying for themselves as well as their kids which is obviously amazing for me brilliant and what are people buying from you then what what do they tell you why they buy your products for example um, well, I think, first of all, people like the fact that I do sample boxes. So you can get six of my most popular bakes for a fiver. Um, a lot of people would hear no refined sugar and they think, oh, goodness, you know, that won't, that's not going to taste good. Mm. Um, so trying, trying them first helps people realise it's actually possible to enjoy something that contains less sugar. Um, and I actually did a survey about this recently. Um, surveys are, are the best way to get information straight from the customer. So okay. I, one of my questions was, what is the reason why you keep coming back to buy my products? Um, the answers are pretty much the same. Um, they contain wholesome and natural ingredients. They don't contain any refined sugar, and they still taste delicious. Um, at the end of the day, people want to look after their bodies, but they still need to be able to enjoy food. So I always say, you can eat what you want, but everything in moderation. Yeah, true. Hard to do sometimes, but good to have a tool like your bakes and they're snacks, really, aren't they? Something to have at a cup of tea or, as you said, something for kids to have. Exactly. Yeah, they're anything. And um, they're brilliant for a cup of tea. They're great for kids taking their, their lunch boxes. Um, it, they're just snack, they're snacky bits, you know, like flapjacks, mm. brownie, muffins, those sorts of things. And they can really add up, you know, if you're buying them and, you know, all the sugars in them. So it, it's good to know that you have ones without that refined sugar. And what is your most yeah. popular product, do you think, Ali? Um, I think definitely one of them is the chocolate brownies and um, they're made with sweet potato and the icing is made with avocado, oh, okay. which if you don't, if you don't like avocado, it doesn't actually sound appealing. Um, but these are surprisingly delicious Yum. and they're very popular. Yeah, I think I've had something like that before and the avocado actually makes things quite creamy, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it makes the icing really creamy. Mm, lovely. And then do the kids have a favourite product, your kids in particular? Um, well, Casey's a real snacker, so anything that's given to him in snack form is a winner. Um, but his definite favourites favourites are um, the jam drop, the banana muffin he loves, and he also loves the cheesy flapjack. Lovely. Um, Tegan is a bit harder to please. She thinks all food is suspicious. She gives me strange looks if I give her anything new to try. <laughs> so she's a bit fussier, but um, her favourites would be the chocolatey ones, the chocolate brownie, the chocolate bite, those ones. Okay. So you really have a sweet child and a savoury child, do you? And you're kind of... Yeah. Yeah, I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're, and, and they're all available on Oh My Goodness, obviously. Now, yeah. you are on uh, Instagram. You are Oh My Goodness uh, on Instagram. Isn't that right? Oh My Goodness Ireland, yeah. Okay. I changed it to Ireland because I wanted to kind of get out to a wider audience. Okay. So, oh My Goodness Ireland. So if people want to head to Instagram now, you're going to give us a recipe, um, one that's not hard, too hard to do, you've promised, and you're going to stick it up on your Instagram if people miss 
some of the the recipe ingredients now. But it's a good one because, as you said, it's there's no refined sugar in it, and it's one that people could maybe slice up and have with a cup of tea. Tell us what it's called. Okay, so I decided to talk about almond crunch bars. Okay. Um, they're very popular. They're um, really easy to make, and they've only got five ingredients. Okay, let's have a go at these. So, so what's in them? Okay, so you've got one cup of dates, half a cup of maple syrup, half a cup of coconut and almond butter. You can use any any nut butter, by the way. I just use coconut and almond butter. Um, one cup of roasted unsalted almonds and then one and a half cups of porridge oats. Okay. And literally all you do is you put the dates in a food processor and you toast the oats and the almonds. Then you mix all of those together. You warm the nut butter and the maple syrup on the hob. Mix that in with the other two. Press it firmly into a dish. Stick it in the fridge and you're done. Yum. How many does that make about? That makes 10. Fab. And well, you know, it makes 10 of the bars that I make, but I mean, okay. you can cut it up how you want. Yeah, of course. And tell me the uh, coconut and almond butter. So there's a coconut butter, is that, or is that a particular product that you can buy, a combination of the two? No, no, it's a product you can buy. Oh, okay. I, I always use Meridian nut butters, okay. um, and it's, you can actually buy the coconut and almond butter. Wow, okay. And could you use peanut butter if you just happen to have it in the in the fridge? Yes, you definitely can. You can use any nut butter and it'll be it'll be just as delicious. Brilliant. Well, I'm going to give that one a try. Definitely. It's always lovely to have something in the cupboard and it's nice. We really are heading into sweet treats now tomorrow with trick or treating. So it's nice to see there'll be something else there as well if you want to try them. Now, if people want to check out that recipe, it is on your Instagram page and that is Oh My Goodness Ireland. You can find Ali there and see the recipe and see all the other products that she does as well. But if you want to order online, it's probably best to go to your website, isn't it, Ali? It is, yeah. My website is ohmygoodnesswexford.com. Good stuff. And you have those sample boxes there too, don't you? I do, yeah. So sample boxes are there ready ready for people to try whenever, whenever I, they want to. They probably the best way for people to start, do you think? I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, obviously no one wants to buy a whole box of bakes unless they know what they taste like. So yeah. you buy a sample box, obviously you know which ones you like and you know that the products are good as well. Lovely, good stuff. Well, that is oh my goodness, Wexford.com. But on Instagram, that's where our almond crunch recipe is this morning, too. And you can follow Ali at oh my goodness, Ireland on Instagram. Ali, best of luck with everything. And thanks a million for joining me this morning. Thanks so much, Ola. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102 103. It is Beat 102 103 and the Sunday Grill on this bank holiday Sunday. And my next guest is part of a movie that has set the cinema world abuzz. And I'm hearing people heading to the cinema for the first time in a long time to see the Banshees of Inishair. And it's set on a small island during the Civil War in the 20s here in Ireland. And the Banshees of Inishair stars Brendan Gleeson, Colin Farrell. It also marks the return to the same screen of John Kenny and Pat Short, a.k.a. Dunbelievables, as part of the supporting cast of Martin McDonough's latest film. And John, I'm glad to say, joins me on the Sunday Grill this morning to catch up. And you're very welcome, John. Thanks, Orla. Thanks very much. Isn't Thank it you. lovely to hear people saying they're going back to the cinema? Because I, I really think the cinema has been a bit of a victim of the pandemic. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. It has, of course. Yeah. And um, so it is it is that, I mean, that I suppose there's something special about being together in a room. Mm-hmm. You're not just on your own, you know, and that that whole energy that is inside in the room that when a group of people who don't know one another absolutely are watching are yeah. watching the same thing you and know? laugh together it's always and... interesting to get the reactions yeah. that you hear around you and 
and uh, from everyone, you know. Totally. So and it is great. It and, is and so good. With the Banshees, there's so many threads we could unpick with the Banshees yeah. of Inna Sharon. I think it's going to be discussed by a lot of film students and film students' classes, like the civil yeah. war going on over on the mainland and not really happening on the yeah. island, but a breakup of a friendship, yeah, kind of their again, own they, civil they war. Of, it, it, yeah, I was about to say that, like, really, it's a sort of a parallel to what's going on in the outside mm. world, if you could say the outside world or that other world, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think it's really interesting that he didn't, you know, that's Jonathan Pai, that's, you know, obviously... It is there for a reason. I didn't ask Martin myself what his reason was, and because we like you draw your own conclusions on these things, and even as regards what you're doing there yourself as a mm-hmm. character or what your character is. But uh, so yeah, there is an awful lot going on there, you know. It and, really uh, is. It's a really fantastic story. But as somebody said, like it's such a simple. You know, when you explain, you say, well, it's about somebody. It's about two people who just who fallen out, or one person decides that. Well, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Because you're dull. Time the you. worst thing yeah. you can say about an Irish person. Well, it is, yeah, yeah, that you're dull, yeah, <laughs> indeed, yeah, and uh, and then this whole thing erupts, and but it's really, it's really interesting because it's something very small, but and yet it can be it's something, it's huge, it's groundbreaking, it's it's universal, it's it's a. It's a huge story. It's a big thing, like, and no, it's it a small is. thing mm. that turns into a big thing in the yeah. film. Yeah. It turns into this huge thing, and it's like, and it, you could have it the reverse, not that something, so out of something, out of something very small comes something very big. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and vice versa. You know what I mean. It, it's yeah. so it's it's an interesting ploy. The whole lot of it, you know, it's uh, it is, yeah. You now, Martin McDonough said so. that he wanted every single character in the Banshees of Inisherin to have their own singular lives. So. What can you tell me about yeah. your character, Jerry? Well, I, I I just see myself in Jerry and my relationship with Pat, you know, is like, it's interesting that the two of us are there on set. Mm-hmm. And when I when I was at a reading and I remember just saying, because I'd read, I had a look at the script and I read it, but then I went to the reading and we were actually just reading it across a table and myself and Pat were together. And after we'd done, there's one little run of lines that we have in particular that were in the in the film. And when I read it, I just looked up and I said, well, this is definitely a double act anyway. <laughs> because it was like, we were like Tweedledum and Tweedledee, as somebody said to me the other day, mm. or Mutton Jeff. Or, you know, there's a sense of, there's a huge sense of dependency yeah. on, on one another in this. And this is like that where we have to affirm everything that one another says. If I say something, it's a look from him to me to affirm that, yeah, you're right. Or when he says something, it's me going, yeah, you're right. It was that we were so dependent on one another as a, as 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 two friends, completely the opposite of what was happening with 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 Colm and and and, and Brendan. Mm. Like when their relationship was suddenly, he just said, "You're not my friend anymore." And mm. the only thing I remember feeling about that was, I remember feeling, I remember right trying to write something one time about being left sort of in in the yard at home uh, at the back of the house in, in the village of hospital when I was very, very small mm-hmm. and the rest of my siblings ran off and left me after promising me they'd take me with them. Oh. And that sense of abandonment. Yeah. Actually, I, when I was trying to write some about it, it was, uh, it was about maybe four or five years ago and I don't know, this thing came back to me and it was actually based around that story. Mm-hmm. And I just, it, I suddenly realised that that feeling of abandonment was still in inside me. Wow. Over that, such a small that thing, thing. Yeah, over that, that thing was still inside me. I could feel it. 
And I think that's how I felt about the Banshees, especially when I saw it and when I went to see it in the cinema. I just went, oh, the poor man. Oh, oh and even no. when he's standing, you know, at the coastline <laughs> and he's just so dejected because yeah. he has no idea why this person doesn't want he to be doesn't, his friend yeah. anymore. And, you, you know, know? Not, yeah, not having any idea, no oh, explanation really. And I got that sense like that. God, it was that like brought me back for that to me. Oh, it's the 1920s emotion, you know? version of being ghosted, John. That's what it is. Yes. Just dropped. Yes, yes. You know? Yeah. Did you know yeah. that Pat was auditioning as well? Did you go? Did you know this was well, happening? I kind of did and I did. Well, I got a phone call and it's not every day, uh, you know, someone uh, you get an email from, uh, from from the writer or director saying, oh, great, well, here you're available to do the film. I said, am I what? <laughs> and uh, and he said, he was telling me that Pat was uh, was on board as well. Oh, that's great. And it was a long time and since she were together in a kind of art sense or performance sense, was it? Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, we haven't. No, we haven't done anything, you know. And you know, you your people are saying you should do this and you should do that, but like nothing that really um, we would have said like, yeah, come on, let's do this, or you know what I mean, or something we want to do. Because normally, kind of somebody suggesting we should get back and do something like that we'd done. You know, do what we did before, which is like, like we are kind of doing what we did before in a no, sense you are. of this film. But, but uh, that's probably why Martin picked us because the both of us had done the Lonesome Westwood Druid one time, you know, and uh, so he probably thought like, well, I've seen the lads and I kind of know their stuff, and we'll we'll throw them in see what what they do with it, you know. So that was it, like so, which was an absolute couldn't believe it, and I still can't believe it. But you've such a history as well. <laughs> you've decades and decades of a history together, so it must have been just like. When you when you meet an old friend again and all the in jokes are yeah. in and everything, well, as well as that, I think it was just thinking that like when we sat down and we started doing it, that there was something that happened that was there, like as if yeah, this was yeah, we knew we were going to do it at our own pace. We were going to do it the way we would do it, you know. Yeah. And uh, and that was really interesting, like that. It just just happened, you know. It was grand. It was. Done with great ease, as the fella said, you know. And what was it? You so. spent, what, three weeks in Inishmore, was that it? Yeah, on and off, like, mm. because there was bits of scenes that were edited out as well, you know what I mean? And Which always happens, obviously, you know, there's loads of stuff. And, yeah, I'm surprised at all, like, you know, you never know what's going to end up on the finished thing, you know. But mm -hmm. um, So, yeah, it was three weeks, four weeks overall, you know. And uh, Pat had a bit more than a few more scenes than I did, obviously, you know. And, um so, yeah, 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 you know, because you were put into scenes that even didn't, you know, crowd scenes in the mass coming into mass, going out of mass, inside the mass, oh, inside the bar, doing all other those things. things we don't think gone. about. They're yeah. all gone, they're all gone, you know. Hours looking. of your work. Yeah, oh, God, yeah, oh, God. yeah, but you're looking, that's all part of it, you know. Sure. Oh, totally. You know, so it's good, it's good, it's good. And John, you've a been... a great experience and a great movie. Oh, know? I can imagine such a great movie. And you've been in the Southeast recently. You're finishing up a, a short film with Tony Kelly, who's been on the Sunday Grill many times, talking about many things in his life, including yeah. when The Hurler went to stage. But now um, The Hurler is being turned into a film. So what's your part in that? Well, yeah, I played a coach in it, actually. He oh, great. Me. He rang me and asked me would I do the coach. And I said, I read this. I said, yeah, I'd love to do it, of course I would. <laughs> and be part of the project... Uh, he, you know, I mean, when you see something and I loved it because it was about something that how many films do I think one one film I can remember that was ever made about hurling. And that was so many years ago, The wow. Cash of the Ash. Oh, yes. And yeah. and and that was done a long, long time ago. Mm -hmm. And since then, I mean, considering that we people in this country are totally obsessed with the GA 
uh, how come there isn't more of it being represented on other things I don't know or other mediums, you know, but so, yeah, it's great. And then, you know, uh, it's an original piece and the fact that he'd taken it from the stage and now wants to put it onto onto film is great like you know it's uh, and it's brilliant and and written it himself and then yeah. directing it as well and producing it even himself he'd produce you know he's some man for one man as our tone is he really but is it's brilliant and, and, and um, lo- put lots of episodes from it as well and gar campion on um youtube if i remember rightly but now as you said becoming yeah. a film so yeah yeah it's yes. be a good yeah. one yeah, I I hope now I haven't seen I've seen the odd bit because I was down again during the week doing some we just re redid a couple of scenes where I was uh, kind of talking to camera in it and I think uh, Tony felt maybe you know the situation was where I was situated and it was uh, to shoot him outside in a different location rather mm-hmm. than where they were and we did we ran him off then on Monday and Tuesday there. And um, yeah, so I think brilliant. all good for the moment. Anyway. And I presume you have so he's an odd, to have uh, it out already for Christmas, oh which is God. brilliant. You we'll know? watch out for that. It's called the hurler if people want to watch out. Yeah, for the it. hurler. Yeah. And yeah. I presume you had a blah or two, a blah with some red lead in it and all those Washford delicacies. Did you? Well, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to think and of other Washford delicacies and, and all I can think. Get beside the sea as well and yep. go to Tremor. There you go. I hope and, you had an ice cream. Uh, do all the things when you're landlocked here in County Liverpool. <laughs> We're not too bad. I suppose we can go to Clare, which is not too well, far exactly. away. Or North do you not have some lovely lakes beside you as well? Well, Lockhart is pretty, pretty nice place. All right, it is. Lovely. But, um, you know, when you're so close to the to the ocean down to the sea, it's just oh, it's know. beautiful. All I know. right, people you know? don't realise how lucky we are, I suppose. Well, listen, Absolutely. John, it was so lovely to talk to you. The Banshees of Inish Aaron is just, you know, well, what else would you expect from Martin McDonough? McDonough? It is just a a special movie. I hope so many people go and see it. And it sounds like yeah. people are. And it was lovely to see you and Pat back on screen together. Thanks a million for joining me this morning. Not at all, Orla. Not at all. Thanks for having me on. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Wexford's Michelle O'Neill has made her mark on the international sports stage. Now she's trying her hand at the art world. Michelle, of course, was selected to referee the Women's World Cup when the USA took on the Netherlands a few years ago. And in doing that, she became the first Irish woman to referee a World Cup. Now she's showcasing her art in an exhibition in Wexford. And she joins me on the Sunday Grill this morning to tell us more about that. You're very welcome back, Michelle. Hi Orla, um, thanks for having me. No problem call. at all. Last time you were on the Sunday Grill, it was all about your reffing career. This time it's something completely different and your art. is art, And you're a very busy woman, by the way. Uh, art, is it something that is a new hobby or was it taken up many, many years ago? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's something that people don't particularly know about me. Um, secret artist. No, I've, I've been... Um, Doing art for the last twenty seven years. Wow. Um always uh, it it always um stuck with me from the early days in, in um in school and college and third level. Um so I just continued it on from there and the 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 longer or the more I went through life the more I've I found myself uh, needing to uh it's my de stressor, so um the more I, I then became a referee the more I got into it again, so okay. yeah, it's it's been there a long time. Wow! And did you do it in, in school in your leaving cert, for example? Yeah, yeah, and then I also did um, courses, uh, night courses and stuff with very influential um, art teacher John Edwin Foley. Um, wow. He is, holds a special place in my heart, so he um, uh, gave me the love for 
oil pastels and uh, it just the journey just went from there you know and he uh, mentored me and and um showed me the way around the the pastel so um yeah I owe, owe a great deal of my art career to him um and yeah uh it went from there so describe oil pastels to us what what do they look like when they're on a canvas for example yeah so there there's a uh, so basically oil pastels are condensed oil in in paints um so it's it's the wax and and you could the texture of it and the feel of it on the paper it just gives you that extra little um you know creativity of of touch and color and um you could it it does pop off the paper but there's you know you can leave a little bit of the 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 uh, wax on the paper and it, it pops out the very same as you could do with an oil painting and the, the special thing about the the um paintings is that they they never dry so you can constantly like go back and, and and touch up things or move things on the paper. So yeah, I just I just uh, get immersed into it when even when I'm speaking about it, I just get immersed into it and switch off switch off for a couple of hours. So it's it's pretty amazing for your your wellness. Yeah, it's real mindfulness, isn't it? Yeah, mindfulness and and everything like um. So I mean, you're, it, it it's so important for me because um, you're so physical, mm-hmm. uh, active in, in sporting career and, and you know, an athlete and and then um, this 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 is my, I found my um, uh, mindfulness and wellness in, in painting uh, when I need to have downtime and switch off from from all the stressors of the world. So, yeah. yeah and your very physical job. Find me. Yeah, and you're both yeah. a swim teacher and, and a referee, so your job is quite physical in many ways and quite, you know, you need to be very fit for those yeah. two things. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, you just, sometimes you just need to sit and, and, and be still and calm. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to do that. So another way is just to preoccupy your mind and, and switch off completely. And, and um, the best thing about this is that when I go for my runs and go for my training sessions, I get to see some beautiful sunrises, sunsets, um, you know, because you you have to, you're up early in the morning to train before work and you're or late at night just before dark. So you get to see this array of amazing skies and, and beauty of the world and the nature around you that, you know, you can sometimes miss if you're not open to it. So, um, I bring my 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 camera everywhere and just take the pictures. Stop. It takes me a bit longer to do my run, but mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I just stop and take the pictures wherever I am and and uh, whatever city I'm in or whatever country I'm in and capture the moment and then recreate it at the time I have. You know. And you're very like what you were just talking about stillness and calmness. Then and that's really when you're looking at your paintings, what they are and. Very, as you said, influenced obviously by your surroundings, but a lot of your Wexford surroundings, a lot of coastal paintings you've done, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Um, I have a special place in my heart for coast and Wexford coast in mm-hmm. particular because it it reminds me when I come home. You know, it, it, it's fabulous doing what I do, but I'm I love coming home and the beauty that's around me and especially like most places you see is where I train, like the Kerr Clough, the 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 balance the balance bank is on Maxford Key 
and that's where you, everybody sees where you walk. The Wexford Bridge, because you cross over to another place in Ferrybank, where you a nice uh, uh, walk around there. Mm-hmm. And then looking back at Wexford and then up the mountains, uh, Fort Mountain, you're, you know, you're running around there and you see the, the sunsets there and then down the Hook Lighthouse, where it's one of the oldest lighthouses. And I'm I'm yet to do Cross the Water in Waterford, so it's, I'll see that one. There's actually one there, it's called um, Where the Three Sisters Meet. Oh, yes. And it's actually... Where are you looking from the Duncannon side over to Waterford side? Oh yeah, lovely. Um, and, and the yeah. Waterford estuary and the three the, the three sisters of the the Barden or the shore. Gorgeous. But also, I have I am one of three sisters, so that that's and that's where we would meet for coffee, say you know. So oh, there's, there's a few very meaningful ones as well, like so. But, um, other than that, it's all like the, the the sea, and I love the movement of the water and. And I sometimes I'd listen to the music, and feel the music and what that's telling me for how I paint the water and stuff. So, oh, yeah. it's gorgeous! Well, yeah. you some lovely yeah. stuff. Um, it's uh, it's called a world of art. Um, your exhibition yeah. and it's on at the Big Barn Art and Antiques in Mayglass, and it's part of the Wexford. Fringe Festival. It's running there until November 6th. Um, it opens between 1 o'clock and 5pm. So plenty of chances to see Michelle's uh, work and the exhibition is free to enter as well. So if you're heading to any of the Fringe for Wexford, uh, go and have a look at Michelle's work there called A World of Art. You can also check it out on Instagram, on Michelle's Instagram herself. If you search Michelle O'Neill, although I'm sure people get mixed up between you and a certain leader of Sinn Féin as well, do they, Michelle? Yeah, so make sure you put in official <laughs> or referee when you're searching my name. It's yes. not, I'm tall and blonde. No, you're not tall and blonde. That's a different one. <laughs> no, so you are totally different. Good stuff. And I'm glad you got the official yeah. as well. You got to a hold of that one. So it's Michelle O'Neill official and you'll see the all important blue tick beside it. And you can also check out the Big Barn Art and Antiques that is their Instagram as well. Big Barn Art and Antiques. Michelle, it's so lovely to talk to you again and best of luck with the exhibition and everything else that you're doing. Uh, thank you so much, Aura. Um, best of luck. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. This week's movie is Dividing the Masses. I have heard people give out yards about this. Um, it's called Black Adam. It's a superhero movie uh, based on the DC comic character of the same name. It's a spin-off of Shazam, which I've totally no memory of. I love when you say these words. <laughs> and I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about, Orla. <laughs> no that, that IMDb page is coming in. Yeah, doing really well. It's like I'm listing off a, a, a list of symptoms for a disease um, and it's the 11th film of the DC Extended Universe uh, Dwayne Johnson is heading it up it's produced by him as well um, let's have a listen and then we'll see what our B B Griffin who went missing I left you a note now see if you get the cultural reference to this maybe it's not a cultural reference play it into the mic there. I just want to preface this with I don't no, know no, I don't know what bad. you said okay I'll sit, make sure that it's on loud I, I think I'm really funny and then I'm probably not okay no pressure go on oh my god where is Brian? Oh gonna, my God! Look at her butt. Well, see, would you go Nicki Minaj with that, or would no, you? No, you mix a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, what I was thinking. Yeah, are you okay? Wait, wait, is that a bit of a diss on me? Yeah, yeah, it's old school, old school. Let's say. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with old school. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh my God! Where is my Brian? That's a bit off, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> my Brian. No one else's. Yeah. Okay, let's have a listen to Black Adam and then we'll see what our Brian universally thinks of it. 
My son sacrificed his life to save me. These powers are not a gift, but a curse. Born out of rage. This loose cannon needs to be locked down before innocent people start getting hurt. He's been asleep for 5,000 years. You find us a cell that can hold him, we'll take care of the rest. Who's on the team? I didn't bring a passport. You don't need passports. We're the Justice Society. There's a war going on outside. We ain't safe from Black Adam. We're here to negotiate your peaceful surrender. Heard about at least three killings this afternoon. I'm not peaceful. Okay, this looks like it's just not for me. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Violent from the start. Um, people in it that obviously need the backstory, like the Justice League that I half know about. Is that the what right? You, what do you know about the Justice League? That they were a movie. Okay. Before. Okay. Doing a hand thing that my own six-year-old child does. Okay. You know, that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, when this Pierce Brosnan, he's so they're in the Justice <laughs> Society. It's not the Justice League. All oh, right, so it's not even anything to do with something I've seen before. Not really, no. Like, I thought it was actually quite funny because Justice Society sounds like the third division Justice League, but... So it's is the Justice League a, um, Justice, a DC thing? Justice League is DC. It's Batman, Superman, all the, like, the big shots of the DC. The Justice Society is comprised of people who, as a casual viewer of just the movies and never of the comics, I've never heard of any of them before. So... Uh, it's 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 new people, but that's why I was kind of excited because I was like, I've no nothing going in. I, there's no characters that need to prove themselves. They none of them need to do anything. Like honestly, with all of these movies now, just going completely dumb to everything. So that would be me. If yeah. I went in, I would enjoy this. Yeah, I I think you actually would, you know. Yeah. Um, because like the the violence is only comic book violence. It's not. Like, yeah. It's not like gratuitous, but um, it's it's funny as well. Like Noah Centennial was in it, a fella who you don't like you. I don't know, he got, he's, he's been in like kind of the Netflix kind of teen rom-com stuff and you're like, oh, what's he doing in this? I thought he was hilarious in it. He's like, he's, he was like DC's Ant-Man and he comes across very much like it, but I liked Ant-Man, so it was like, it's a good character. Okay. And then Pierce Brosnan is great in it as well. And do you know what, The Rock is, is, is The Rock. Do you know what I mean? In movies, Rock The Rock essentially plays The Rock. Yeah, and true. Do you know he, who I don't get? Again. Who don't you get? The Rock. Don't understand the hype. Why not? Just don't know. Don't know. Just, just nothing for me. He's, he's just. He's gonna. He's thinking of being the president of America. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be kind of funny, you know. Well, like, yeah, maybe not funny, haha. Though, just funny. Ah, we, we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> no. Funny for us. <laughs> well, I don't know, now, Brian. <laughs> um, anyway, let's move on to the movie. So, plot-wise, tell me. So it's about. So Black Adam is this. It's from the Shazam universe, like you're saying, which means nothing to you. Well, so Shazam, it's the app that you listen to music back on. To find yeah, exactly. Name. So it's just basically, Dwayne the Rock. Well, if you play any song for Dwayne the Rock Johnson, he knows what you're oh, playing. Yeah, okay. That's that's oh, the movie's like about. Oh, I like him now. I like yeah. him now. But uh, so basically, these wizards give him give Black Adam the power of like be able to like this kind of Shazam character. Okay. And if you say Shazam, whatever you can transform, and that's that's oh. a lot of the movie is trying okay. to get him to say Shazam, so he goes Shazam! back to normal figure. And it is quite funny because he's the first character I've ever seen that had to be CGI to be less muscly than he is, right? Because you know, the other way around, they're like, oh, they're like really muscly or something. Yeah. Like there's a there's a part of it where he's like muscled down. 
Okay. And it actually looks really weird because you're so used to him being so big and stuff. But And is he actually muscled down? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So like there's just this, this one scene where he's like Okay. Yeah, he's right. he's normal person size. Oh. He's like back to the pebble. But uh he he basically this happens in like two thousand BC. He's been asleep for five thousand years. Yeah, it happens. In the trailer. It's a good LC. Maybe okay. maybe three thousand BC then, just right, to yeah. make the five thousand. Yeah, just to make it up. Uh, I think it was like two thousand six hundred, whatever. Okay. But he was given these powers because it was like a tyrannical leader person that wanted to take over the world. That had this crown that could control the world and be immortal. Right. And basically, he stops that and this is before freezes he went to people. Sleep. This is before he went to sleep. Okay. He's like this big showdown thing where he. Got the like stopped this thing. So it was he was right a good person start. then. He was a good person. But then he just like he just wanted freedom. Okay. Sleep, whatever. Cut to now people times. Right. And the <laughs> so the twenty twenty two. I don't know. Normally with these things, they like set them in like ten years in the future, so we never know what, okay. what exactly they're in. And there's like their people are trying to recover the crown that 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 king made to make him immortal. Right. I completely lost you already. I love it. <laughs> And I think I'm going to have for my dinner. It's and then there's like there's basically it kind of feels Indiana Jones e like okay. there's like a scene where it's like a very Indiana Jonesy where they're trying to get like get this crown and escape from the bad guys who are trying to steal the crown and use it for themselves rather than just taking it. And, and where did the safe. justice people come in? So black when Black Adam comes back, they try and stop him because being a fella that can just basically destroy anything and everyone, not ideal. You know? So he's a bad fellow when he comes back because he he's because had something hurt in his life. He kind of just starts killing all the okay. the, the, the small small little bad normal people do. This dudes. is why I don't watch these movies. They're very intricate. and It's not really. It's kind of like... No, not it's really. like... It's, it's just... It's just... There's so many long words that make things easier to yeah. describe. But it's like the, the crown of Shabak or something like that. And it's like... I can see the deadness in your eyes right now when I, I know, say that. I know, and in, in many cases, it's just like many movies, you know, someone hurt in life comes back to hurt other people. Yeah. blah de blah See, yeah. there you go. Now you can... There you go, got it. Well done. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Will we black pudding it? Uh, I'll give, yeah, I'll give it like a seven. It's actually like, it's, it's like the important thing to remember is it's terrible. And if you go in, <laughs> if you go, if you go in thinking that You'll Did you go time. in thinking that? I went in uh, like only hearing bad things about it. Okay. And I watched it and I was like, this is great. Okay. I had a great time. Myself and my friends. That like, sums you up though, Brian. Yeah, it is. You are a contrarian. Like it is, it's a bit long. It's like over two hours. Okay. But, like that would be one of the major issues of it. But it's just like, it's it's not to be taken anything more. Like I think every rock, if the rock is in a movie, don't take it seriously at all. Yeah. Like it, he doesn't it. want to be taken seriously. No, true. Unless well, he's president. Yeah, well, yeah, in that case, maybe. But. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're going to give it 7 out of 10. Yeah, why not? You know, if you have a spare or whatever amount of money and you want to head to the cinema, would it be one of the ones you'd say go see? I would I would definitely say Banshees over this. Okay, all right. Banshees of Inish Aaron. Yeah. I talked to John Kenny there, just there. Oh, did you? Yeah, he was great. That's spoilers for the movie if you haven't seen it. Well, no, I just talked to him about him being in the movie, in the Banshees of Inish Aaron. And did you tell him how you saw it? Remember how last week, Orla, you promised me that you'd see, say you see it. And Orla, I asked you today... Before we came on air, did you see it? And Orla, what did you say to me? No. Yeah. So I really tried to see it, but... I, actually, I never said I saw I it. I think we better five on this, actually. Oh, We no. did. I, I think if we go back in and listen well, to it... Well, you know what? You go back in. I'm going to play a song. <laughs> Talk to you later. Seven out of ten for Black Adam. Thanks yeah. a million. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103.